Hey, you're listening to the Quarry Podcast. Get ready to be encouraged and uplifted with us today. In the past into this camp, let's give a round of applause to them and a thank you to them for what they've done. And even the Church on the Rock Nashville, thank you to your team for putting all of this together. I was getting a little background knowledge on how long it took to just do one cloud. Um, So just all these little intricate details about this camp, we thank you um, for everything that y'all have done for this. Amen. Well, you all can be seated. Amen. Well, real quick, I'm going to get into a devotional. And you can title this devotional, Jesus, the Lover of Your Soul. Amen. He's the Lover of Your Soul. And the theme for camp this year, we know, is obsession. Amen. And that word obsession, I'll give you all time to write, but Jesus, the lover of your soul. Um, And the word obsession has to do with what you're constantly thinking about, what's constantly meditating on your mind. And how many of you all know that Jesus is obsessed with us? God is obsessed with us. The Bible tells us that even the angels had to ask, what is man that God is mindful of them? So even in heaven, they realized how obsessed God was with man. They realized that every thought that he was thinking had to do with man. And so Jesus is obsessed with our soul. And that's a shocking part because our soul is the part that is imperfect. It's the part where we can draw away from God. It's the part where we can get our own will and reject God. But it's also the part where our passion and fire for God belongs. You know, because your spirit, it's already on fire for God. And actually, while I'm getting to this, you all can go ahead and pull up the diagram, the little diagram. You guys can go ahead and draw this in your notes if you've got the time to do that. But we have the outside, which is our body, which is what you look like on the outside. And then you have the like second circle, which is your soul. And your soul is your mind, your will, and emotions. And that's the part that I want to talk about today, that that's the part that Jesus loves. That's the part that he cares about. He cares about the success of your mind. He cares about the success of your emotions. He cares about the joining of your will to his and the success of that. And that's the part also, like I said, that's the part that is not yet moved into perfection. After the fall of man, that was the part that was left with voids. The soul was the part that was left with emptiness and and a lot of brokenness. But that's the part that he wants to love back to life. And so Jesus is the lover of our soul. He loves our mind. He loves our emotions. He loves our will in, in union with his will. And then we have our spirit in the middle, and that's the spirit, the recreated spirit that Jesus put back on the inside of us when Jesus came back. And that's the part that we are to be led by, your spirit, and that's the part that will back up your soul. But how many know that your spirit, it's already perfect. It knows the the promises of God are yes and an amen. Your spirit already has its own passion and zeal for God. But the soul is the part that sometimes fights loving God back. That's the part that sometimes will fight having obsession back with God because he's obsessed with us. So we want to, you know, to get obsessed with something, you have to gain knowledge about it. You have to experience it. And so the soul is a part that we want to gain experience and knowledge with God about. And so we're going to look at some scriptures that show us that how we can get our soul in understanding and on fire for God. That's the part where obsession happens even with natural things, the soul is where obsession happens because that's where your thoughts are. So whatever you're constantly thinking about, that's where you start to burn a passion for that thing. So God, he, he's obsessed with us. He's obsessed with the soul part. But on our part in this relationship, 
It should be 100% and 100%, not 50-50. But he's 100% for us, and we should be 100% for him. So the soul is the area where obsession happens. The soul is the area where passion takes place. That's where you constantly think about something or someone, and that's where you gain a passion and a love and a fire and obsession for. So that's the part God wants on fire for him. That's the part that he loves, and that's the part that should love him back, that he says he wants us to love him with our entire being, not just with our spirit. He doesn't just want our spirit on fire, and he doesn't want our spirit just to know the promises, but he wants our soul to know the promises. He wants our soul to say yes to the will of God, because the Bible tells us that the spirit is willing. The spirit is strong to do the will of God, but it's the soul part that sometimes draws back, that can get into fear, that can draw back in the relationship with God. And that's the part that we need to renew and transform to get back in love with our first love. Amen. So let's look at Isaiah 38, 17. Isaiah 38, 17. And um, I'll just go ahead and quote this real quick because uh, I'm trying to squish in a lot of scriptures so y'all can read it when y'all go home, okay? Okay, so Ecclesiastes 4, 14. Just write that down to the side too. And I'm just going to quote that. It says, for... The poor youth has used his wisdom and come out of prison to become king, even though he was born poor in his kingdom. And so that is a scripture I first um, learned from Dr. Jacob's deliverance book. It's on his front cover. And what I just read was the Amplified Classic version. And so that version shows us that through wisdom, we come out. Amen. So this relationship with God, you have to gain wisdom on it. So that's the importance of these scriptures, that when I write these down, these are giving me references to go back home, study, meditate, because obsession takes place when you meditate. It takes place when you get it in your soul and in your spirit. So right here, he's saying through wisdom, you can come out of any situation. He didn't say through money, the youth came out of, out of poverty. He said through wisdom, he came out. So it's through the knowledge that he loves you, you'll come out of things. It's through the knowledge that you have a savior that delivered you, you come out and you realize I don't have to put up with this anymore. So it's through knowledge I come out of what I've been lied to about all the years. Through knowledge of God, of his love, I come out of experiences that have haunted me from my past. So it's through knowledge we come out. And so right now, that's what we're gaining is knowledge and understanding of this relationship that we have with the Father. So Isaiah 38, 17, it says, Behold, for peace I had great bitterness, but thou hast in love to my soul delivered it from the pit of corruption. For thou hast, um, thou hast cast all my sins behind thy back. The passion, it says, for you love my soul out of the pit of oblivion. You cast all my sins behind your back. Another translation, it says, but you have loved back my life from the pit of nothingness and destruction. And Psalms 23 talks about how he restores the soul. So God is about the success of your soul. He's about the success of your emotions, of your will, of your mind, of your thoughts, of your heart. He's about the success and about delivering that part of you because that's the part that needs salvation. That's the part that needs saving. That's the part that needs the love of God. And so right here, he says that he loved, and this is where we get that he's the lover of our soul. He said he loved me out of a pit. And, you know, later we'll, we'll, we're going to pray, but I do want to just keep that on your mind. If you are, right now you sense that you're in a pit where it just seems like you're in darkness. Realize that God wants to meet you here and love you out of that pit. 
And, and once again, love also means correction. Because, you know, because a lot of times people think when I love you, that means I agree with all you're wrong. You know, a lot of times we get in pit through self-destruction. It's because we've done some stuff and we've rejected him. And then therefore we fall into disaster and destruction. But never mind that. God wants to love you out of that, okay? And even if that means correcting us, that there's some things that we need to change in our thought process. There's some things that we need to change of what we're giving ourselves over to. God wants to love us out of our pit and out of our darkness. That he's the lover of our souls. He loves to see us successful emotionally. God cares about your emotions. He cares about what you're going through. He cares about the thoughts that are going and running through your mind. And he wants every part of you to be in success. So he is the lover of our souls. And like this scripture, once again, it's, I love that part that he loved my life back from the pit of nothingness. Without God, we are nothing. Without his love, we are nothing. And that's so important to realize because the love that God has for you is what brings value to you. Not your relationship status, not your social media status, not the people in your life, not how much money you have, not your education. What brings value to who we are is the love of God. And that's why the devil is after us, because he realizes God is obsessed with us. He realizes God loves us. All of heaven and earth knows that God loves us. What is man that he's mindful of us? You know, growing up in my family um, with food, um, we, you know, we would all put our food. Basically, my family has no respect for if you have food in the refrigerator, if you have to-goes or anything. I think a Diamond a long time ago came and spent the night, and she was so happy she had a to-go box in there, and I forgot to warn her. Um, if you come to my house and you leave food guest or not, it's going to be gone. Um, but, but they really didn't know it was her food. They thought it was mine. So she woke up the next morning and was like, oh, I'm about to warm up. My food, it was gone. The to-go box was in the trash. <laughs> but with that being said, um, with the food, I realized also is that sometimes people didn't want their food until they saw you eating or going, I don't know if y'all have experienced that. You know, that came, that came up recently with my mother. I went over to the house. I don't know how many adults go grocery shopping at your parents' house or, you know, getting food or whatever. Praise the Lord. Um, but I went over there, and <laughs> she had a to-go box. And it, she was in her gown watching TV. And I went, and I was like, ooh, some spinach dip. And so I went to warm it up. I was prepping it really nice. She was not even hungry. She saw me eating and was like, uh-uh, that is mine. And so she came, got it, and then started eating. I was like, you weren't even hungry, you know? So sometimes, you know, there's things like that in our lives where people want things because a person has brought value to it or a person has paid attention. So for all of you all to know God loves us. He pays attention to us. And because of that, the devil sees us as his enemy. He wants us because God wants us and loved us first. And so we have to realize that he is a lover of our souls and he wants to do something and a new thing with us in our soul. So like I said, some of us have probably been experiencing in our lives that we're just in a pit and, and we don't see a future. And God wants to change that. He wants to transform our lives and our mind to where we can see life again, where we can see purpose again for being in this kingdom of God and be purposeful in this earth and have fruit in the earth. Amen. And so now let's look at 3 John 2, 3 John 1, 2, 3 John 1, 2, amen, that God has come to bring life, amen, and life more abundantly. He wants to bring life back to the soul. And that was the part that he breathed into us in Genesis, that he breathed life into us. And man became a living soul. 
And so that's the part God wants to continue to be successful in life. That was the part that was successful in the Garden of Eden. And that's the part that should still be successful in 2022. No matter what is coming our way, this is the part that God wants to see succeed and on fire and in passion and zealous about his work and his kingdom. So 3 John 1, 2. 3 John 1, 2. It says, beloved. So he's addressing you right there. That word means to be esteemed. It means favorite. And so God is letting you know that you are his favorite. You are esteemed in his sight. Amen. So beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health even as thy soul prospereth. So right there, we see God wants our soul to prosper. But going back right there, he wants us to prosper. He wants us to be in health. And that word prosper also refers to a path. Not only does it, it means finances, but it means he wants you to have a successful path in life, which means that he doesn't want destruction to befall you. And that's why he gave us the word that 10,000 can fall at your left hand and 2,000 can fall at your right hand, but it won't come nigh you. Amen. So God is about your success. And we see here that he wants us to be in prosperity and health. But going back to the word prosperity, that is also referring to our path. And how many of you guys know whatever you are, are obsessed with will lead you somewhere? And so if I am obsessed with God, it's going to lead me into a path of prosperity. It's going to lead me into a path of abundance in life. But if I become obsessed with the world, it's going to lead me into death. That's all... The only path that the world can take you is death. It looks like it can take you a lot of places, the things of the world, the mindsets of the world, the people of the world. It looks like they can take you into a lot of great things. But the only end destination to be obsessed with the world is death. But God came to bring us life. And so when we get our souls obsessed with him and on fire with him, our mind, our will and emotion, it's going to lead us into prosperity. So what you're obsessed with will lead you somewhere. And being obsessed with God will lead you into prosperity and into health. Amen. He is about the success and prosperity of the soul. He cares about every intricate part of us. You know, in Psalms, it talks about that he knew us. He formed us. He knows every thought, every mindset, every intention of the heart, of the soul. That he is so carefully and detailed about us. He wants us to succeed in life. Amen. And so now I want us to look at... Um, I'm going to move a little faster. Okay, Psalms 116, verse 8. Psalms 116, verse 8. Amen. Hallelujah. He's moving us forward, and he's doing a new thing. And, you know, the great thing also about the soul, um, the reason why God wants us to love him with our soul is because that's also the part that is sacrificial. The soul is a part because it has a will. That means to serve him and to love him, it's a sacrifice. And that's the great thing about the relationship. Nobody wants to be in a relationship with somebody that's forced to be there, forced to love them. God wants to be in a relationship with us, and he loves us so much, he's given us a choice to love him back. He's given us a choice to be obsessed back with him because he is so much obsessed and in love with us, and he wants to see our lives flourish. And we have to realize that about our father. He's a good father. He wants good for us. He wants the best for us. He's not trying to put evil. That's why John 10.10 10 is important. Because it gives you the description of the two, um, really two main beings that are, are taking place right now in your life. There's the devil, and he's coming to steal, kill, and destroy. And then you have God that's coming to bring life and life more abundantly. It's so important to know who's on your side. It's so important to understand that he is a good father. 
that he's not withholding anything from you. Because sometimes in life you can want to be somewhere and you can have a will for something and then you get you can get mad at God. You can get offended at God and feel like I should be here now and you're the one holding me back from this. But God withholds nothing good from us. So when we are missing out on life, we have to go back and, and figure out what on my part is messing and what am I missing to where I'm not getting to where I should be or where your word says I should be. The problem you will find is in your soul. And so we have to get our soul meditating and obsessed with God and the word of God. So Psalms 116 verse 8, it says, For thou hast delivered my soul from death, my eyes from tears, and my feet from falling. He is the deliverer and the lover of your soul. He's delivered the soul because the soul is a part that needs deliverance. The soul is a part that needs the encouragement, that needs to be reminded to push forth, that needs to be reminded that there is a future. So he is the deliverer of the soul. And he wants to bring your soul out of any pit that you can be experiencing. Amen? Last verse. Let's look at um, Psalms, Psalms 116. Psalms 116. And we're just going to read through this, okay, real quick. We're going to read through it. Amen. Okay, so Psalms 116. Y'all should be right around there. Okay, so it says, I am, okay, first, the first part, I'm reading this in the Passion, and that the title of this section is called I'm Saved. How many of y'all are saved? Amen. That's salvation for the soul. I'm saved. Can y'all say that? One more time. Amen. I'm saved. And we're gonna, I'm going to end with that, just a few pointers of what keeps you drawing from your salvation. One of those is your confession. You need to confess that you are saved. You need to speak life and be refreshed. So let's read this. Let's get into this. It says, I am passionately in love with God because he listens to me. He hears my prayers and answers them. As long as I live, I'll keep praying to him. For he stooped down to listen to my heart's cry. Death once stared me in the face. And I was so close to slipping into, dark, into its dark shadows. I was terrified and overcome with sorrow. I cried out to the Lord, God, come save me. He was so kind and so gracious to me. Because of his passion towards me, he made everything right and he restored me. He, he's the restorer of your soul. Let's keep reading. So I've learned from my experiences. And right there, I'll just correct that. We don't learn from, because this translation, just, this is a great translation, just this one part. Um, but we don't have to learn from our experiences. We can learn from the word of God and from meditate on the word. We can come out and figure out that that's why the, you know, in uh, Proverbs 4, it says, if you take her, it's talking about the word. If you take her, she'll deliver you. She'll save you. She'll put you on the right path. When you take hold of the word, it will put you on the right path. So now I don't have to learn from experience just because I love the word and I obeyed it. I, I went around that experience. So when we love the word, we'll be delivered from things that we didn't have to go through. We'll be delivered from tears. We didn't have to cry. So when you take hold of the word, it will reroute you in the right path. Amen. Let's keep reading. That God protects the vulnerable. For I was broken and brought low, but he answered me and came to my rescue. Now I can say to myself and to all, relax and rest. Be confident and serene. God wants to bring rest to your soul. He wants your soul to rest. Even when storms are around you, he wants your soul to be at rest. Amen. And he says, for the Lord rewards fully those who simply trust in him. God has rescued my soul from death's fear. He wants deliverance from fear, from your, your soul to be delivered from fear. Because that's a part that gets into fear. He wants it delivered from fear. And he says, and dried my eyes of many tears. He kept my feet firmly on his path. 
and strengthen me so that I may please him and walk before Yahweh in the fields of life, even though when it seems I'm surrounded by many liars and my own fears, and though I'm hurting and suffering and trauma, I will stay faithful to God and speak words of faith. So now, what can I ever give back to God to repay him for the blessings he's poured out on me? I will lift up his cup of salvation and praise him extravagantly for all that he's done for me. I will fulfill the purpose I made to God in the presence of, the gather, of his gathered people. When one of, his, of God's holy lovers dies, it costs, it's costly to the Lord, touching his heart. Lord, verse 16, Lord, because I am your loving servant, you have broken open my life and freed me from my chains. Now I'll worship you passionately and bring to you my sacrifice of praise drenched with thanksgiving. I'll keep my promise to you, God, in the presence of your gathered people, just like I said I would. I will worship you here in the living presence in the temple of Jerusalem. I will worship and sing hallelujah, for I praise you, Lord. Amen. When God, and it, you know, because I said there's some that might still be in their pit, but when God has brought you out, the respectful response is to praise him, is to give thanksgiving unto him, that I will praise him, even though I can be experience different things you need a Savior, I will praise him. Even though I can see this, I will praise him. Even though I feel like this, I will praise him. Even though I have these fears and these thoughts, I will praise him because God is the lover and the savior of your soul. So what is the respectful response to when somebody is extravagantly loving you is extravagant praise back to him? And that's the sacrificial part because God doesn't, you know, the Bible talks about how we serve him with our spirit, but he wants the soul too. He wants the soul to praise him and to serve him too. But the spirit is a part that has to lead us into it because it's strong. It's willing to lift up its hands. But as we get in training of our soul to be led by the, the spirit, praise will just flow from you. But first, it might take some training. <laughs> first, it, it might take, you know, telling yourself we will praise him. And that's what Psalms, I love a lot of the Psalm scriptures because it, it's always saying what I will do. And really lastly, Okay, I'm just going to read this real quick. Psalms 139, verse 5. You've gone into my future to prepare a way, and in kindness you followed behind me to spare me from the harm of my past. And that's something else, because um, I, I want to pray for you all, but I'm going to wait till after Caleb ministers, and I'm going to come up with him. Um, but one thing I want to just let you all know that I want to pray for those that feel like they are in a pit later on, and then also those that maybe it is something in your past that has haunted you or that's keeping you bound to not see in your future. Because right here he says that he prepares a way, but then also he wants to heal your past. He wants to deliver you from things that are keeping you and stopping you from seeing that there is light, that there is hope, that there is a way that he can make out of no way. Even though you don't see it right now, there is a future. Amen? Amen. And then right lastly in your notes, because back to that, he says that he, as our soul prospers. And I was reading that and I was like, okay, well, how do we prosper our soul? And we prosper our soul, one, through our fellowship with God, through our relationship with God. Amen. So stay in a close relationship with him and it will prosper the soul. Because the soul was always meant to be in union and close fellowship with the Lord. And when we get farther from God, that's when a lot of voids come into the soul. So as we, we, we fellowship closely with him, the soul will prosper. So number one, your fellowship with God. Number two, these aren't in any order. Uh, the word. The word, the word brings strength to the soul. It brings renewing, restoration to the soul. 
Because that's the part, once again, that sometimes wants to get obsessed with other things. And that's the part that needs renewing and restoration. So when I renew the soul and I remind the soul of what God has spoken and what he's done, it becomes refreshed. It becomes strengthened. The next one is worship, like we were just reading about. Because the Bible says in praise, God is known. And a lot of times we don't know God and God seems so far from us because we've never taken the time to do sacrificial worship and praise to him. He's known where he's worshiped and called upon. So in praise, God is known. So worship is how you restore the soul. And it also steals the enemy, amen? Because the enemy doesn't want you getting close with God, okay? He sees you spending time with God. He's going to make sure somebody texts you. He's going to make sure you think about vacuuming your room. He's going to make sure you think about getting your meal, making your sandwich or something. So praise, it steals the enemy, amen? When you exalt God, he fills the room. He fills the place. And lastly, your confession You have to answer what the soul is trying to think outside of the will of God. You have to speak to it and answer it. You know, that in Job, it talks about that I will speak and be refreshed. So if you need a refreshing, it's in your mouth. You know, a lot of times we're waiting for somebody else, and that is a great covenant benefit that we have with our brothers and sisters, that we can get encouraged, that we can be strengthened by one another. But you also have to be your own encourager. Speak and be refreshed. Because a lot of times we're waiting for somebody else or the preacher to pull us up. And we, we have that benefit and we have that anointing around us. But we also need to refresh ourselves by speaking what God has spoken. Amen. Amen. Well, stand to your feet. Amen. And I just want us to, to pray and, and, and thank God. <laughs> and I want a, you know, the worship team is going to come up and we're going to go straight into worship. But from your own mouth, because God said that we, he'll put a song in, your, in you, that all of us in this room, we have our own song, we have our own story. And it's so important that we begin to speak it. We begin to thank God for it. Amen. So just lift up your hands. And right now, I want you in your mind to meditate and think about the things that God has done. Because a lot of times we can get so obsessed with what's been wrong. We can get so obsessed with hurt and pain. We forget to see what God has already done and what he wants to do. So just close your eyes and just begin to thank him. Just begin to thank him right now. And I'm going to pray with you. And Father, we, we thank you right now for your presence. We thank you, Father, for keeping us. We thank you, Father, for keeping us steady. We thank you, Father, for saving us, for delivering us from danger seen and unseen. We thank you, Father, that you've kept some of us from car wrecks. We thank you that you've kept us from wrong communications. We thank you for delivering us, Father, even out of relationships. We thank you for keeping our minds, regulating our minds. We thank you, Father, for saving us, that you are our Savior. You are our Deliverer. You are our Comforter. And we will praise you. Begin to praise him. Begin to praise him. (laughs) Begin to praise him. He wants praise from your mouth, from your lips, and you will be refreshed. Begin to thank him. Lift up your hands and worship him and thank him. Father, we thank you for keeping us. We thank you for delivering us. We thank you, Father, that we're standing here today. We thank you, Father, that you've made ways out of no ways, that you've kept us. We worship. You are worthy. We worship you, Father. We thank you, Father. We magnify you. We magnify you, Father, that you're a good Father. You're an awesome Father, and we thank you, Father, for all that you've done and what you're continuing to do in our lives. We thank you for, and just come on down for worship and continue to thank him. Amen. God wants to do some great things.
and he'll be made known in your worship. Amen. Thanks for listening to this message. To learn more about what's happening at The Quarry, check us out on social media 